Welcome to another stocked and loaded episode of the Sports Card Nation podcast. The show that brings you all the important hobby news, discussions, debates, opinions, info, and interviews with key hobby and sports dignitaries. Also, if you're good, you know we are going to give away something. Now, here's the guy that wanted the cards more than the gum. John Newman. What is up, everybody? Episode 170 of the Sports Card Nation. Hope everyone, as always, little quick shameless plug here for our other show, Hobby Quick Hits. Uh, this past Monday, we covered the Top Slash Fanatics conference that they had in Arizona. If you didn't catch that, uh, check it out. We went over some of the new details that will be coming up. Uh, this year and coming year. So uh, check that out. Uh, today's guest, Anthony Salender, hails originally from Pittsburgh, but he's now located in California. Uh, we're going to talk about why, you know, he's born and raised in, in Pittsburgh, a fellow Steeler fan, by the way. And uh, But why is he in California now? We're going to cover that. Uh, he does some YouTube content as well. And uh, good guy. And uh, we, we covered some topics. And, uh, and uh, how, how easy or difficult was it to go from the East Coast, you know, in the Pittsburgh area all the way to the West Coast and why he did away. But uh, we'll talk about that during the interview among other hobby topics uh, as well. And pleasure getting to talk to Anthony. He's a good dude. And anytime I can get a Steeler fan on the show, uh, that's not a bad thing, at least to me. There you go. All right, let's get this party started. This is Card Killer. Remember, the hobby is the people. Greg Morris Cards wants to buy your cards. A long-trusted name in the sports card business, Greg has been buying sports card collections for over a decade now. Any sport, baseball, basketball, football, or hockey, in any era, vintage or modern, will do. Just no junk wax error sets, please. To learn more and to sell Greg Morris your cards, go to www.gregmorriscards.com. Fill out the consignment sale request form and someone will get back to you on how to get cash for your cards. Also, if you're a dealer looking to sell your collection, Greg Morris wants to talk. Plenty of dealers use Greg Morris' massive eBay platform as a way to consign their cards. Take advantage of Greg's experience in the hobby to get more bang for your buck. to have my next guest on the sports card nation uh guest line and i'm not just saying that because he's a fellow pittsburgh Steeler <laughs> fan that 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 doesn't hurt uh either but uh happy to have him uh anthony uh Selender. did i say that right uh cylinder yeah you, Selender. you were close all right uh pittsburgh on youtube does some great uh content and uh you know any when i see guys that are passionate uh, for the hobby, uh, they stand out. And the man got to have mine. Then saw, you know, it was pretty obvious you were a Steeler fan. Uh, that didn't hurt your cause either. We'll we'll maybe get to them uh, towards the back end of the show. We, we're going to talk uh, some hobby, but kind of give sort of your hobby background. Uh, uh, did you grow up in? Are you from Pittsburgh? Grew up in Pittsburgh? 
born and raised. I've lived in Pittsburgh all the way until January 2nd of this year. When I moved okay. to Los Angeles. So did you, st- with cards, I mean, was it something you did as a kid? You know, mm-hmm. where did it come into play for you? Yeah, so I started when I was a kid collecting Steelers, actually, believe it or not. So um, that was that was the big thing for me was trying to collect all of my favorite players growing up. And I mean, did you? Is it the is it the age old story, Anthony? Like got out of it, kind of came back later. Or did you really kind of stick with it, like the whole the whole way? Sort of both. And um, I, I was always sort of like I always had my collection. I wasn't always actively buying right. it. So so such a such a compulsive compulsive. Uh, compulsive i should say level like i am now um but um yeah there there were some years where i kind of just had it collected dust on the shelf but i still kind of maintain that collection but um but yeah i mean as of the past i don't know 10 years or so i've just been like pretty heavy back into it especially since the pandemic um because the pandemic was really where i kind of had a career shift towards cards more so yeah yeah, it was the perfect, you know, I said on this show, it was the perfect storm, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few industries, if you will, that actually, you know, prospered uh, during the pandemic. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we've seen a lot of new people, you know, you had more people uh, at home, either working from home or unfortunately, maybe not, not working, more tabs open uh, on the computer. I think we've all been guilty of that at least once, right? Uh, we have oh, yeah. our work computers open, and and that eBay tab is is mm-hmm. open or Compsy or whatever mm-hmm. uh, how oh, yeah. tab it might be. Uh, I'm I'm guilty as charged, and uh, uh, you know, and so a lot more downtime. We had that stimulus packages where mm-hmm. if you were on unemployment, you got bonuses. And uh, my wife was actually out of work uh, for two weeks. And the two weeks unemployment uh, checks with all the with the bonuses, she actually made more money the two weeks uh, she was laid off just temporarily. Mm-hmm. She went back to the job, um, and mm-hmm. actually she had co- she had coworkers that didn't want to go back to work because uh, they were liking the extra money. But uh, you know, so then there was there was a surplus of money, and it was just sort of the perfect storm. You know, we're seeing now sort of. Uh, a calming down, some things have kind of uh, settled down, but we still, you know, mm-hmm. we see celebrities, uh, pseudo celebrities, athletes mm-hmm. uh, in the hobby now, and 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 talking about it and posting on their social media uh, about it, buying cards, and yep. uh, it's just uh, it's a it's a different. You know, I've done this a, a long time. I'm the old man uh, on the porch, uh, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm older than you, but it's a different hobby. Uh, than than years ago, and that I'm not saying that necessarily is a bad mm-hmm. thing. I'm just saying, uh, like a lot of things, that things evolve, things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. venture. Yeah. The, the, so you you started kind of collecting uh, with the Steelers. Good choice there. Oh yeah, argue, argue yeah. Steelers, them. Penguins, and Pirates, but mainly Steelers because yeah. like they're they're they've yeah. always been my number one. Yeah. Have now obviously, like you said, you've gotten bigger in the last ten years. Uh, you know, where, where has your interest, uh, what has changed as far as maybe PC or, or purchase? You know, what really got me back into it was basketball cards. Um, and this was even like prior to like the boom and stuff. Um, I, I'm a diehard Cleveland Cavalier fan, which living in Pittsburgh, you'd be like, how do you like a Cleveland team? Well, there, but, is, no, uh, there G- is no Pittsburgh pro exactly. team. Exactly. And, and geographically, they're 
half the distance of the 76ers who are in our home state. So the Cavs have always been kind of like my pseudo home team. Um, So I actually got really into um, collecting cards again whenever I started collecting the Cavs cards because I already had like all the Steelers I grew up on. But then like there was like a whole bunch of Cavs I needed to catch up on over the years. So filling out that kind of like re-sparked my love you know, kind of for the hobby. Yeah, long listen, I, I don't I, I I don't blame you there. As long as you don't become a Browns fan. Then no, that'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll that'll never happen, I can assure you of that. So now generally what what is your interest like? Do you uh, do you resell? Do you do you PC everything? Do you sell to mm-hmm. like add to your PC kind of What's kind of your approach to the hobby? Sort of both. And um, the big thing for me is I want to add as many um, key pieces to my collection from like things that I value like that, mainly being Steelers and Cavaliers. You know what I mean? Like I want to have the key rookies, that kind of stuff. So um, I'm a collector first, like first and foremost, like I absolutely like my cards. They're, they're like children. They're precious. Like if, you know, I'm like that dude from the Lord of the Rings, like precious. Like I, that's how I feel about my cards a lot of the time. But um, yeah, I, I also will like go and buy like raw cards, send them into like, you know, grading company, flip them. Yeah. And, you know, that's something I've done for years just because I've always had kind of like a good eye identifying cards that will, you know, grade typically nine to 10. And yeah. uh, especially back when grading was like more affordable. You know, back before yeah. the big boom of, you know, COVID and 2020 yeah. and all that stuff. Um, you know, it used to be like great, you know, return on money. But um, even since, you know, the market's kind of cooled down, you know, you can still do really well if you have a good eye for yeah. Uh, number one talent spotting it before you know they kind of pop like Joe Burrow. Like if you were stocking up on him when he tore his ACL last season, he yeah. cashed out big time this season when he made it to the Super Bowl. You know, so it's just being um, you know an opportunist. Number one, whenever you find a good opportunity like the Burrow situation, or number two, just having like a good way of identifying like condition. You know, and if you can tell um, condition, you know, roughly within like a, a grade point, you you can pretty much make some good money sending cards out to get graded and stuff like that. So that was kind of how like I started even working towards cards was I was selling on eBay um, for pretty much several years as I group submitted to like SGC back at like a lot of like the bigger uh, grading companies. Yeah. I've seen your, your YouTube shows where you actually like, you know, you do your unboxing of, of from SGC, which they're a sponsor of the show. I got mm-hmm. a plug, but back awesome. at PSA and even some other ones, lesser known ones. Uh, I like how you did that. What, what was, mm-hmm. what was the premise there where you just kind of wanted to see how each of them does, uh, you know, performs their, their job and kind of just test the mm-hmm. landscape out. Was that really the direction? It was, there? it was two part really. Uh, the first reason was I, kind of want especially the bigger companies the more well-known companies um i wanted to learn their grade scale uh and such like so if i send cards and i kind of have an idea of what i'm going to get back you know what i mean and if you haven't sent to somebody you kind of don't know like for example like I, i feel that csg is a very hard grader you know like for example the same card i would send to them and to sgc i feel like i'd get a more favorable outcome with sgc just because they're a little more hard with it you know what i mean so um that's definitely something that that i take into account uh when grading so uh when i tried them all was i kind of wanted to see kind of you know 
who graded what how you know what get I mean? like and, a base get uh, like a baseline of, mm-hmm. of and you can as someone who's graded with with numerous companies you can you do it enough you'll get a feel for sort of their mo and, and how do they I, I think there's a lot yeah. of uh, truth to that another thing i want to piggyback off you said anthony you make a great point about how fickle the hobby can be and how not being fickle you can take advantage of that right I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it. You know, Joe Burrow gets hurt. I know it's a bad injury, and everyone just jumped off the Burrow boat. Like the guys, obviously, we know now he just almost just won the Super Bowl. But yeah. people are funny in the hobby. When someone gets hurt, they act as if like every injury is like career ending and it's over. When mm-hmm. it when it's not. Now, you know, we can bring up Zion as an example. Some of these are becoming mm-hmm. maybe some worrisome, if you will, like that. That I get. That makes a little bit more sense. But I'm talking in the respect where you know the guy has the first injury and it's uh, everyone. It's over already. And uh, I, I don't know. You know, I think it's you know what have you done for me lately? Kind of uh, mindset. Uh, but you make mm-hmm. a great point. Burrow's a great example of that. Uh, when he got hurt, everyone was lowering the prices, and it was a great opportunity mm-hmm. um, to to buy. And uh, obviously, it, it paid off right now. And uh, you know, you see, you see that happen before. I mean, even Brady, he's got seven Super Bowl rings, right? He mm-hmm. doesn't get to the Super Bowl this year. He's it wasn't a, a big dip, but he, there was a little Brady dip. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't tarnish what he already did. Like that, mm-hmm. that's not going away. And um, so, you know, it's it's funny sometimes how the hobby kind of what have you done for today and you know mm-hmm. you know but uh it's a great I, i've bought stuff uh, on on those premises when other people were panic selling if you want to call it that and mm-hmm. uh, or moved off somebody because mm-hmm. they were hurt or maybe even had a bad stretch or even a bad year mm-hmm. you know guy, a guy can have a bad year doesn't mean that every year uh, is going to be like that, and if you don't think it's going to be like that, it's a great opportunity uh, to to get stuff at a at a discounted uh, cost. It's a great point uh, by you. It's it's funny mm-hmm. how how the hobby works uh, like mm-hmm. that, but uh, that's that's you know uh, I think of some of the newer folks coming in. I think maybe that attributes. That I don't want to put it all on on them. I don't think that's fair, but I'm sure that's a, a small percentage or. Uh, you know, a decent enough percentage where uh, it's a factor, but it's a great opportunity to, t- to take advantage uh, of that. Going to step aside for a real quick break, but we'll be right back after that. Are you a new sports card collector or someone that's returning to the hobby? Maybe you're just looking for a friendly, trustworthy community to hang out with and enjoy collect. Midwest Box Breaks has been bringing collectors together for almost four years with affordable breaks, helpful Twitter treads, and a Discord group packed with generous people who care about the hobby and other collectors. Check out the breaks at MidwestBoxBreaks.com. First-timers can use the coupon code MBB10 and save 10% on their first order. Your first break mail will also include a bonus card so no one strikes out on their first break. Our goal is to bring you as much value as possible. We've even launched an NFT project dedicated to the hobby. Find us on Twitter at Midwest Box Break. Sports Card Nation is back with Anthony Salender. Kind of your thoughts, uh, you know, with, with Fanatics now, kind of owning three-fourths of, of those major licenses uh, with baseball, basketball, 
uh, in football. You know, are you looking forward to it? Are you cautiously optimistic? Kind of where where do your thoughts fall uh, on that question? You know what? I'm looking forward to it uh, in a sense that I expect them to do it with excellence. Um, They also are the biggest licensor of like uh, equipment for a lot of these teams too. So I'd really like to see them get a lot more um, cool with the way they do their like relics and stuff. Like WWE has a set. Um, I think it's called fully loaded where they like actually have like chunks of chair ladder, like all kinds yeah. of stuff in their cards um, with fanatics, like literally being the people that make the stuff that they actually use in game. It would be kind of cool to like have like something really cool like that put into their product now, you know, being that they, I would imagine they have that capability. So like that, that's the thing that I most would like to see out of it, but I think it's a good thing. Um, I do think Panini and Topps will probably still keep printing stuff into the ground. You know what I mean? And eventually it may, we may even see another wild West like we had in the nineties where it was like literally everybody in their mom, mom printing cards. I don't know if you remember back in the days. I don't know if it, I don't know yeah, if Kmart's a brand, but a brand, yeah. like a natural national thing. But back in the day, man, you can go and get like any different type of card and add like a million different brands. What what I think, and I don't want to speak for fanatics, it's just we're all we're all putting our speculators hats on and kind of predicting what we think was is gonna happen. Uh they've pretty much said they're gonna they're gonna really try to do away uh with the distribution model. So those big distributors uh might be in trouble. Um, I think they're going to be direct to consumer, but I also think fanatics wants to get, they want to, you know, the hobby already is mainstream, but I think they want to make it even more, more so where no matter, like you you brought up a good point, maybe you will see it in, in a store that we're currently not seeing cards right now, but eventually uh, we will. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm an LCS guy as a former mm-hmm. LCS owner. I hope I don't. Mm-hmm. Be, I think they're going to be fine with fanatics, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I hope that is the case because they uh, they have a, a place in my heart as a former owner. And I think it's important. Yeah. You should be able to to walk into a card store. I know you even did some content with, with going to card stores. There's something about mm-hmm. going in the card store and, and yeah. having conversations with fellow hobbyists, the store owner mm-hmm. themselves buying cards, mm-hmm. looking at cards. There's something that mm-hmm. is, is, you know, sure, it's fun to buy stuff online too. I get it. I do it. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's something about those in-person transactions, a card store, a card show. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, and there's a lot of smart people that work at Fanatics. They're going to real, they know that. Mm-hmm. I think the, the model is going to be favorable to card stores and I sure hope it will be. If I'm a distributor, uh, not mm-hmm. so much. I think that's, that's where Fanatics is going to look to eliminate uh, that. We could do a whole show on, on why. I think most people in the hobby can kind of figure out some price gouging, some holding product mm-hmm. back, wait until the hype goes up, and then uh, that sort of thing. Fanatics uh, saw that. Even even though they weren't in the hobby officially, they, they did have some card dealings and, and collaborations. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think they took notice and uh, – you know they they paid a lot of money for the licensing uh they're going to mm-hmm. want to get they're going to want to get those fanatics cards uh, out there in the hands of as many people as as they can i think you you, you drove Absolutely. that home with your point i just hope i guess my fear anthony i don't want to say fear uh, i guess my hope is they don't they do it in, in the right manner that it's just not 
I, I, I know they're going to, you know, you got your flagship brands where there's going to be a lot more deuce. I just hope mm-hmm. everything's just not always mass produced where, you know, I'm not saying I just in the hobby for, for values or what stuff is worth or mm-hmm. goes for. Uh, but that is a, a factor. I think when you, when you're, when you're plunking down your hard earned money too, right. You want to at least oh, yeah. have, feel like, Hey, I got a chance, like worst case scenario, if I ever have to sell, uh, some of this i'll be all right and uh i just hope they they find that sort of that balance mm-hmm. where they can they can produce enough stuff to to make it worth their while they're a business that just bought a license i get it uh but not go too far uh and tip the scales where where is a negative uh reaction uh, there are a lot of smart people there I, i'm gonna uh, i use the term cautiously optimistic uh, that mm-hmm. that'll be all right, but we're, we're going to see. I, I I've said I think the next two to five years are going to really lay down the groundwork for what the next ten or twenty are really going to be like. Going to set oh, yeah. the tone in the next two to five, and we'll know we'll know here soon with the with the acquisition of, of tops, kind of maybe mm-hmm. what they're thinking, and we'll see if there are any further acquisitions or, or not. I don't think they're done uh, buying different things up, and uh, we'll have to see, you know, where, where they're going to put their money. Uh, that, you know, that's that's the one thing for me, Anthony, that I, I enjoy with the hobby is watching all this stuff and seeing what's going to be going to be next. You know, there's things I've done this long time. There's things I thought I'd never see, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I remember as a kid, you know, opening packs with my friends and they'd have their packs, I had my packs and maybe they were done opening their packs and I wasn't done opening mine. And they'd be like, John, let me open some of your packs. And I'd be like, no, you, you open yours under mine. And yet now we're, you know, in the breaking era, you know, we pay breakers to open our boxes or, or cases and packs for us and then just mail us uh, whatever mm-hmm. comes out of that. Uh, those packs. It just if you would have told me years ago that would have been the thing, I would have thought you're nuts. But here we are. If you would have told me <laughs> yeah. NFTs. If you would have told me <laughs> NFTs would be a, a big hit, I would have thought you're crazy. But yet here we are, and they're, they're a huge yeah. hit. It's just it's a different era. It's a different generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that in a bad way. You know, things evolve. I may not like NFTs. I don't know, you know, what your thoughts on it, but I'm sort of old school. You know, I got to have it. I got to be able to have it in my hand and 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 put it on my desk or in a case or whatever. To, um, but uh, a lot of other people love them, profit it off them. What's what's kind of your your? How do you view them? Is this something you do? I haven't really delved into NFTs. Uh, I'm not so much anti them. I just don't know a whole lot about it. I never really got into Top Shot or, you know, any of like the craze. Like I've always wanted to, like I have have a buddy of mine who doesn't really do, um, you know, NFT content, but he would go live doing his Top Shot pack openings. And like, so I I would go watch him and I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. But like, I don't really get it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a video of a guy doing something, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's worth like a ton of money. I just, you know what I mean? So um, outside of that, that's really the only experience with them I have currently. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not against getting into NFTs, you know what I mean? I would just need a little more education before I, you know, probably delve into, you know, investing in them and stuff like that. Yeah. Can, and, and for someone like me, that's a little old school, can the, the, the terrain can be a little scary, um, I'm more of, like I said, a, a touchy feely. I got to be able to, so it's not my thing, but I guess, you know, 
you know, it's a different era. You can't, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's easy to knock it before you try it. It's, I know it's not something I would enjoy and, and just between not knowing kind of ahead of time, I, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy this and not really knowing the landscape. It's sort of a neat decision for me to say, you know what, not, not my thing. I do fractional shares. I, I think, you know, someone would say, well, John, how do you do fractional shares and, you know, you're never going to have that. You might own a, a small part of that or percentage of that card, but you're never going to have the card itself. But my answer to that is that card exists. I may never physically have it in my possession, but I own a small part of it. Just like sort of like stocks, right? When you buy stocks, yeah. you own a small piece of whatever company that, that stock is, is representative of. So I don't, you know, people like to compare sort of fractionals to NFT. I, I don't view them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the same kind of your thoughts on on frack do you do them or and kind of what do you you know how do you view those i haven't just because like honestly like full transparency like i i don't have the type of money that i'm investing in like yeah. big cards like my big cards are like psa nines <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm yeah. more like the collector end like you know so like i i sick out my pc but like as far as like michael jordan rookies or anything like that like i have lebron rookies but he's also a cavalier so like i got yeah. that like when it was affordable so yeah. um for for the most part like you know like i i might have some stuff that's pretty cool but like anything that would be worth fractionalizing is just like completely outside my my price range right now but hopefully well, one day I'll, I'll be able to afford the whole dang thing <laughs> yeah well fractionals here's the here's the nice thing take a look if i'm gonna sound like a salesman here and i'm not i'm not really trying to do it on purpose fractionals are can be very cheap they can go for five ten bucks a share uh and it's just kind of fun and 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 you can even make not that that's what you're necessarily always thinking but you can make a little money in the long run uh, with them, but it's a, it's just a fun opportunity. You know, I own, uh, I don't know, I think 10 shares of the, the 1913 Babe Ruth, what we'll consider nice. his first card. I mean, it was only, it was only 50 bucks or, or 75 bucks. Like, uh, maybe it was a hundred, maybe they were 10 bucks a share, but I own 10 shares and it's just, it's kind of goofy and fun to say, Hey, I own a small piece of that card. Now yeah. let's be real. I'm never going to, actually physically have the card and, and, and own it. But uh, even, even that small percentage, uh, it's kind of fun. Something to, something to look at, think about. All right, going to hear from one of our great sponsors. But right after that, we'll be right back with more with Pittsburgh. The Sports Card Shop is your small-town local card shop with the global reach. Located in New Buffalo, Michigan, the shop is one of the most accessible in the Midwest. In addition to being an authorized Panini Direct Dealer, the Sports Card Shop carries all major trading card brands, including Tops, Upper Deck, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector. The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269-469-0140. Website is thesportscardshop at moco.com. The Sports Card Shop is part of the MoCo Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world. We are back with Anthony. But I want to get into uh, TGT grading. You're a part of that. 
It's, it's, yes, you're now, you're from Pittsburgh, like you said, but you're now yes, uh, in California. Kind of how did this all kind of, you know, how did this all give us kind of the timeline to how this all went down for you? Sure. So this, this actually all started via YouTube, believe it or not. So like I, like I said, I used to do a lot of group submitting and stuff like that. And uh, back when CSG first launched, um, I had found that like a lot of their Beckett staff was going over there, X, Y, Z. So I'd started group submitting for CSG because I could get slabs obviously done much cheaper through them than I was through some of the other companies and whatnot. And they were a knowledgeable um, grading company because it was coming from Beckett. Plus they had the track record of comic books and other stuff too. So um, I started group submitting for them and Alan, the guy who's the uh, CEO of TGT um, caught one of those live streams where I was just live going through a stack of cards that people sent in. And I was going over kind of seeing what the flaw, which ones had flaws, what the flaws were. And if I thought that that kicked it out of being a nine, because most of uh, my clients wanted nines and higher with their stuff. So I would go through kind of pre-grade the cards to um, kind of just determine what I thought they would. So as I'm doing this live, he's like, wow, this guy's actually kind of knows what he's talking about. So like he brought me in for like an interview and kind of like one thing led to another and, um, um, you know, TGT became a thing. So um, it, it was just a, basically a, an idea that we had, um, you know, why, why the, the idea for me was as a group submitter sending to all these different companies and getting multiple grades back. It's like, well, how, why, like, what are they looking at? What, you know? So like the, the whole thing for us was, why don't we just be the only company that actually says, Hey, look, here's how the sausage is made. Like this is literally your grade and why we gave it to you with like a detailed explanation. So like that was literally what it was. It was just like uh, uh, four guys that came together. Uh, Myself, Alan, Chef Marte, he's been my best friend since I was like a little kid. And uh, Drew, who's uh, from Kentucky, uh, we got together and we were able to uh, basically just start this thing like with bootstrapping it. Yeah, sometimes fly by the seat of your pants, right? But sometimes sometimes that's the best way. Sometimes it works out. Uh, to be the best way. Uh, California, a little bit different than Pittsburgh. Is uh, Someone's been to Pittsburgh a lot of times. Talk about sort of that move, you know, culturally and mindset-wise. Uh, has mm-hmm. it been the transition? Has it been difficult? Do you, do you like California? I mean, I'm sure you, you like it, but just kind of talk about the, the difference of someone, you know, like you said, born and raised in Pittsburgh and now on the West Coast. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love it out here thus far. Um, the weather's wonderful. I'm so used to like, even when it's nice in, in Pittsburgh, it's like schizophrenic weather to where like, it's real nice one minute, but then next thing you know, it's either raining or snowing. Like it, it's yeah. like the weirdest thing, but like the weather there is so schizophrenic, even when it's supposed to be nice. So in the winter being like in shorts and a t-shirt is like awesome. For, uh, Cause right now, like in Pittsburgh, it's like freezing. <laughs> So that that's nice. Um, the the biggest shock for me really was just um, honestly it, it was the homelessness that kind of threw me off because like I live in Hollywood, so like I live like a block off of like the Walk of Fame that like they do all the 
um, red carpets on and like all that stuff. So you think of like glitz and glamour when you think of Hollywood, but like literally all down the walk of fame and like nothing against like homeless people. Cause I used to, before I got into this, used to work with homeless people. Yeah. Uh, but um, like literally it, it, it looks like human beings have been littered on the, on the sidewalk, you know, tents yeah. and just sleeping bags. Like it, it breaks my heart. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like in Pittsburgh, you see homeless people, but like you don't see like the sheer quantity of them. Like, like LA has, you know what I mean? And uh, it's probably just because there's a lot more people here than there is in Pittsburgh. And the fact that it's a lot warmer here, <laughs> you know, cause in Pittsburgh, it's a lot harder to be homeless than it is, yeah. you know, yeah. here because unfortunately if you're homeless in Pittsburgh through a winter like this, you might not make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's tough. And, and, you know, I, I would, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm originally from New York city. So uh, very mm-hmm. similar there. And yeah. You know, you like to help everybody if you could, and it's tough, it's tough to see. And uh, you know, everyone's well. You know, some of it's self-inflicted, some of it might be, and a lot of it isn't. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not my job to decipher that. It's sad to see someone uh, in in that kind of predicament. Um, how how tough of a decision was it to to make the move? Was it something that was an easy call to make, or did you have to sort of think about it and talk about that? For me, it was semi semi easy, um, just in the sense that really the the only thing I really had in Pittsburgh keep me there is my and um, she's she's getting close to the age of retirement. She can retire and come to the sunny California. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love Pittsburgh. It'll always be my home. Like I'll go there, you know, several times a year. Um, but I mean, it, it's just. I've said this a lot lately, the the opportunities that are in California, like in Los Angeles more so than uh, Pittsburgh, it's just drastically better. You know what I mean? There's a lot more um, resources. There's just like, uh, I put it this way, like the people who are the best at the best at technology at innovation at like all of the things that I feel in my heart TGT should be like they're, they're located in Los Angeles, New York, like the, the the major capital. You know what I mean? So a lot lot of the growth that we couldn't experience just being regionally located to Pittsburgh, now that we have another office on the West Coast, there's like a a lot more opportunities for us, like in a sense that like we've even made several like really awesome contacts just since being out here. Yeah. But I I think another thing, too, is our CEOs always lived in L.A. So it's he's kind of been staring the ship from Los Angeles this whole time. So it, it only really made sense to like have kind of an office where Alan was located as well. Yeah, we we talked about that hobby boom, uh, Anthony. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot new a lot of new grading companies kind of uh, come out a, a lot. Um, obviously, you got your your bigger ones. Most people know who those are. Talk about the difficulties of sort of. Uh, you know, it, it, there's plenty of cards to go around, don't get me wrong, but to compete uh, in that space uh, as sort of a, a new brand, as a new, you know, grading company, uh, talk about some, uh, you know, how do you do it, I guess, more, more way to, to just ask you outright, like, how do you go about doing yeah. that? It's very hard. And one thing I, I say all the time, because like I, I meet a lot of people at like card shows, because I, I honestly, if there's a card show, I'll be there. So I've met a lot of people that are even in like, say, other grading companies, like newer ones that are just like upstarts. And they'll say, hey, man, like, I know you're not supposed to tell me since you're technically the competition. But the way I look at it, like when we first started, we were running into so many issues with our press and the way we got it working. 
uh, because like the, the one we started with was from China. So like literally the instruction manuals in Chinese, <laughs> the way we got it started was we went on Instagram to every grading company we could find and be like, Hey, do you use this kind of ultrasonic welder? You know what I mean? Yeah. And luckily one of those companies answered, yes, we do. <laughs> and uh, we were able to figure it out. So like anytime, there's ever been any kind of situation where somebody's wanted like help or anything like that. Like I never hesitate to, uh, to step out and to share kind of what, what we've learned. But um, I really think the one thing, and I tell every single person that's ever asked me this, if you're going to be a new grading company, you need to do something that other grading companies don't do. And you need to innovate in some way, because if not, you're just the same thing because early on when we were first um, advertising for TGT, the, the biggest feedback we got because we do custom labels is you're just a ripoff of HGA, but without yeah. like actually looking into kind of like what we do, um, we just, you know, people just would discount. Oh, well, these guys are just trying to be HGA or just trying to be X, Y, or Z. And pretty much any, any, any company that steps into this space they have to realize that it's already a prejudice field where people are already like, all right, PSA's top dog, you know, Beckett and SGC, I guess they're okay. But for the most part, like most people are like towards like the big boys, which I understand. Like if you're looking to get the most bang for your buck in resale value right now, that's the way to go. You know what I mean? But the big thing is there's other people that are also looking for service they're looking for turnaround time so if you can meet the needs that people are 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 looking to have met and no one else is meeting them people will come to you to have those needs met you know so that was kind of what our niche was was well why don't we just show them how we grade the cards you know what i mean because internally we have to share this anyway you know what I mean? Because we have to give accountability for why we grade our cards the way we do. So before we release a card, our graders have to, you know, we, we approve that our grader is right. So uh, with that being the case, why not just share the same thing they share with us with the customer? So that was kind of how everything started. Yes. Don't get me going on HGA. I'm, I'm not a big fan of them. And so I'll tell you, don't, mm-hmm. don't be, don't be like that. But uh, that's a show in itself there. Time to hear from one of our great sponsors, but we'll be right back after that. Pastime Marketplace has a line of graded card cases that are waterproof, airtight, dust-tight, and hardened to protect and organize your valuable collection. Each of our cases come with pre-cut and pre-formed foam, so you don't have to cut and tear the foam when you get your case. The pre-cut foam inserts are sized to hold PSA, Beckett, SGC, and CGS slabs. Store it all safely and securely with a case from Pastime Marketplace. Check them out at www.pastimemarketplace.com. Sports Card Nation has returned with Pittsburgh. Talk about any difficulties. You know, we hear some supply issues uh, mm-hmm. with, with, with cargo kind of being stranded. Or, you know, has that affected uh, what TG does at all? Has it sidetracked you whatsoever or no? No, the the only real issue we've had, um, there has been a plastic shortage that I know has affected most of the major grading companies. Um, it only affected us on a major scale just because we, or I mean, excuse me, on a minor scale because we do like probably a fraction of what PSA or any of those other guys do. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it, did, it, it hasn't really, um, you know, affected us a whole lot, but we have seen like a p- plastic shortage be something uh, amongst the industry be 
uh, pretty prevalent. Um, you know, in fact, other companies have actually had to change the type of plastic they've used or uh, sub that out for like an acrylic or something like that. So like that has been sort of an issue, but um, as of right now, it hasn't really affected us. And we actually have a uh, brand new slab that um, is in the process of being developed right now that um, it is American made and um, with materials that are very easily sourced. So shouldn't yeah. be, um, shouldn't be an issue moving forward. Yeah. And that, that's a good thing too, you know, to get onto a lot of people like to buy American made stuff. And so that'll be, that'll be a feather in your cap uh, as well. What, what is your at right now? I'll put you on the spot. What, what is your average turnaround times? I mean, obviously it, it's just, you know, approximate, but what generally uh, someone mails their cards, CJT, when can they expect mm-hmm. to see them, you know, uh, graded and, and back in their hands? So according to our website, it's 30 to 40 day business days. Um, but uh, officially, it, it, now that we're in Los Angeles, it's a lot faster than that. Um, the only time we actually like had any issue with turnaround times is when we did the move because the moving company that picked up our press took almost a month to get it there. But luckily, we were cooking so quick in Pittsburgh that by the time the stuff got there, we still had like a week or two before people started our times game. <laughs> so we're 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 pretty we're pretty quick. But then again, keep in mind we're not grading two hundred thousand cards a week like PSA is either. Yeah. So yeah, I hear you. Well, so it's if we had two hundred thousand, we might be a little slower. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it makes sense. And uh, well, well, good man, good for you. A little Steelers talk here. Uh, a little lighthearted. What are we doing at quarterback uh, in 2022? What do you think? Man, I, I'm hoping they're going to pick up a free agent because I can't go another year of Mason Rudolph. Like yeah. the, the hairs oh, I do have God. on my I, head. I, like, I already like you, Anthony. <laughs> I already like you. I, like, I just like you. Uh, I'm not a Mason Rudolph guy as a Steeler fan. Mm. I think he's going to be one of those just backup guys. Where if he has to mm. come in for a game or two and you have to deal with him for a game, mm. you know, you might be okay. That he's not a starting quarterback uh, in his I league. I, I think when they they drafted him, obviously they I, I think they thought uh, he was more than than what they got. Uh, I really will be disappointed um, if that's the starter on on the first. You know when the season officially starts, and uh, you know to me, yeah, I mean why sign Haskins if you're not at least going to give him uh, an opportunity? Uh, but like you, I I think free agent route. Maybe even mm-hmm. a trade, you know. You, we've heard yeah. uh, Jimmy G's name uh, be yeah. mentioned. Um, you know, another guy that, that, that whose name's heated up uh, is lately is, is Carson Wentz. That's uh, my son, who's 22, is also a, a huge Steeler fan like me, saying he thinks it's going to wind up being Wentz. Uh, I'm not even opposed to to a Mitch Trubisky, who's actually mm-hmm. one in Chicago. It's just they weren't. Uh, fan of them and uh you know struggled mm-hmm. at different times but I, i'll say this without knowing what we have in haskins I, 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 the, the you know the his time in washington was was very short and uh it's hard to really gauge any from that so kind of taking out haskins you know I, even a trubisky would be better than anything uh we have right now and i'm you know i i wouldn't be opposed uh, to that, but like you, 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 you took the words right out of my mouth. I don't think we can go in to the season with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Rudolph and just Rudolph and Haskins. Kevin Colbert said that won't be the case. Who that other guy is, 
whether it's someone from the draft. I know they they like mm-hmm. Malik Willis out of out of Liberty, uh, but I don't. The only way they're going to probably get him is they're going to have to move up. I don't know, and then I don't even know if they're going to be able to. So I wouldn't count uh, on Willis as much as they like. Him. That's another thing mm-hmm. Pittsburgh does, Anthony. I don't know how you feel. They always sort of tip their hand, like when they like a guy, they like. They scream it from the mountaintops. We love Willis. Well, you're not, you know, if you know anything about drafts, like you don't want everyone and their mother to know, like who you're kind of looking at. Like you got to keep that uh, close mm-hmm. to your vest. And um, so I don't know if they get uh, a Willis or a Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Um, That's how we didn't get Darrell Revis that one year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And other, we can, there's probably other guys we don't even know about that they kind of shot themselves. Uh, in the foot on I don't I don't know why they do that uh, you know they're one of the few teams that uh, you know I, I, that has I'm, I'm sure they're not the only one but you know I always you know when teams say oh we love this guy a lot of times it's usually a smoke screen you're trying to make people think you're really and you're looking some other way Pittsburgh sort of uses reverse psychology but doesn't really fool uh, anybody so I don't know if it's going to be a – I don't know if they're going to get, uh, you know, an early first-round quarterback, maybe a Matt Corral. Or, you know, it's not a great quarterback class this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of question marks uh, more than past years. So I, I think get – like you said, I think going out there and getting mm-hmm. a sort of an established starter, whether it's mm-hmm. Jimmy G, Trubisky, even Carson Wentz. You know, I know, I know the last playoff game, uh, he was terrible with the Colts, but if you look at the year he had, he had a very good. Oh year. yeah. If other Absolutely. than that, that clunker of a game, he had a pretty mm-hmm. good season. So I'm not opposed to Wentz. I'm I'm not saying you know Wentz for ten years, but until we get that next franchise guy that that Roethlisberger really was, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You know, you know they have talent like. I, you, they've got to decide either rebuild or reload. I think if they're reloading, yeah. then you go out and get a free agent quarterback. If you're rebuilding, then you go, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with a, a younger uh, draft pick. But when you have TJ Watt, uh, you know, on your defense, uh, I think you got to go for it now. And so uh, I hope they, I hope they make some good decisions. They, hey, for the first time in a long time, right? We got, we got cap space, thirty million dollars. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. that's a place uh, Steeler fans know. We I can't even remember the last time uh, we had that kind of. I probably was a little kid and I didn't know what what it, it wasn't a cap at that point. So yeah. um, it's a good place to be, and we'll see you know where they spend their money. And uh, uh, I just like you, man. I, if mm-hmm. if Mason Rudolph runs out out on that field mm-hmm. uh, on that first series on on opening day of, of football. Uh, I will not be excited. I'll be excited that we have Steeler football back. I won't be excited uh, to see that. I hope, you know, and nothing against Mason Rudolph. He's a, he's a nice guy. But, you know, I don't think he's a starting quarterback uh, in the NFL. We have one. So hoping hoping that somebody else that maybe a little bit more mobile and, and can make plays mm-hmm. outside the pocket and that sort of, you know, we, we've got playmakers and in Deontay Johnson, I think Juju's going to be gone, but uh, uh, we'll mm-hmm. see. They're, they're probably going to bring in a veteran. Some of that that cap money they have is probably going to be in a veteran receiver. So, I mean, it's I guess we I guess we can't complain. We could be a lot worse. Uh, other some fans of some other teams, but 
you know, you always, you know, if you know this as well as I, as, as I do, Anthony, right. As a Steeler fan, right. The goal should always be to compete for a Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Each year. I don't think Mason Rudolph gets, uh, gets, uh, my hopes up uh, when it, uh, to that. No. So hopefully, hopefully they make, they, they make some nice moves, uh, plug in some holes and we, we feel, mm-hmm. you know, we feel a lot better, uh, going into 22 because they have, they have, a, yeah. they have a lot of talent there. They just got to fill a couple holes. Najee looks, Najee looks the part. Uh, and yep. so that window, like, you know, the, the window's still open. They just got to make some here. Be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, the, the more I think of it, like the, the best case scenario of them really would be just like bring in like a Jimmy G, like stopgap type. Whereas yeah. like this guy's literally already been competing for Super Bowls, like with yeah. the 49ers. So a very similar built team that's very defensively dominant, can run the ball, has uh, some big play receivers. Like the Steelers have all of those pieces. Like even like not not quite to the extent of a George Kittle, but I think Fryermuth is going to be I love, one heck I love of a that Fryermuth. I love that. I that was a great, you know, I it's do. funny when they made that pick. Uh, my son, you know, I follow college football. My son, I'm like, I like he's a good tight end. I just there's a lot of other ways we could have went. And my son's yeah. like, you're I mark my words, you're gonna like you're gonna eat your, like you're gonna say. You love that pick, and I'm saying I love that pick. Now that yeah. see, you know he's going to even get better. He had a great rookie year. He's going to get yeah. better as 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 he gets experience. So, yeah, I think we're you know we're set at we're set at running back. We're set at tight end. A mm-hmm. uh, couple, you know, could use a corner or two, uh, but our defense is is pretty solid. Um, there's not there's there's some holes that this but there's you know the boat's not flooding it's not taking on that much water we just mm-hmm. we plug a couple spots and, and this thing uh, we can be yep. competitive I just hope they they go out there and do it you know Pittsburgh as you know traditionally always believes they can fix everything through the draft I don't think you can do that anymore with in modern football with free agents and that sort of thing so I hope they you know they've been pits they've been a little more on Pittsburgh like the last few years, making some trades, getting someone like Minka in a rare trade and, and signing some guys. Uh, so I feel good in that respect. We'll see. But I, I'm not opposed to – I think it's a great analogy with, with uh, Jimmy G just for a couple years. Uh, you know, he's not flashy. Uh, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes or, or, you know, even Matthew Stafford. But – uh, he, he's proven he can win some football games, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's we need someone like that. Where you know, I hate to pile on Mason again. I just don't feel that with, with mm-hmm. him. I feel something different. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. Yeah, no, well, however it shakes down, uh, we always, you know, like I say, we, you know, everyone starts uh, zero wins, zero losses. We'll go from there. I want to give you. I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Uh, some I appreciate of that. you having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, give out uh, any your website, anything you want to plug, websites, sure. uh, YouTube channel, all that good stuff. Sure. So my YouTube, as you guys can see, is just Pittsburgh as it's spelled there. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram, Pittsburgh74 is me on there. Uh, also, if you guys are interested in checking out Transparent Grading Team and actually seeing why your cards grade the way they do, it's just transparentgradingteam.com. Those are like the three big ways to reach me. Yep. All right. Well, Anthony, I appreciate it. Check out 
uh, what Anthony's done, great content, uh, and uh, now with, now on the grading side of the house, that's awesome. It's just a great story how they just kind of saw you doing that, and it led one thing led to another. You never know. Uh, I always say with content creation, you never know yeah. who might be watching, right? You're, uh, yeah. you're, you're living proof of that. So uh, great, Absolutely. Story, great story and uh, continued success. And uh, uh, I'll be talking to you. I will have to, uh, well, hopefully we'll either commiserate in misery with the Steelers or celebrate uh, some happy times. So Absolutely. All right, Anthony, take care. Enjoy that uh, uh, California weather. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. Thank you. Iron Sports Cards is your number one source for all your PSA and other grading submissions. Their elite status improves turnaround times. Heck, they even provide the card savers. Their chat rooms provide updates on all your submissions. They also offer wax options and single cards to cover all the bases. Check them out on Facebook at Iron Sports Cards Group or on the web at ironsportscards.com or even give them a call at 1-877-I-R-O-N-P-S-A. Rob's got you covered. Hey, everybody. Have you heard about Collectible? It's the one-stop shop where any collector can buy and trade affordable shares in some of the most rare and valuable sports cards and memorabilia in the world, starting from just $5. From 1952 Mickey Mantle PSA 10s in Wilt Chamberlain's iconic rookie uniform to one-of-one Patrick Mahomes RPAs, rare LeBron James logo mans, and everything in between, Collectible is creating never-before-seen access and opportunities for all. Let's grow the hobby we love together. Please note this is not a recommendation or solicitation to buy any security. All investment decisions should be undertaken after doing your own research. That's going to conclude another episode of the Sports Card Nation podcast. want to thank you out there, the listeners who download the show. want to thank our sponsors who make it possible to uh, get this show done. I want to thank all my guests that have appeared on the show uh, today and prior to today. Well over uh, 140 now different uh, people have been interviewed on the show. Think about that number, over 140 different people that's uh that's uh really uh crazy when you think about it i want to thank today's guest no doubt anthony Salender, pittsburgh uh and uh wish him uh success with his uh new endeavor out on the west coast uh transplanting from pittsburgh also another shout out to my fellow brooklynite card killer for doing the hobby is the people soundbite this week uh did a great job uh I uh, love that guy. And uh, anyone who wants to do that, uh, contact me. I'll tell you how to do it. Or if you know how to do it or know what you want to do with it, send that sound bite to Sports Card Nation PC. That's all one word Sports Card Nation PC at gmail.com. Uh, we'll keep the uh, outro short and sweet. Just want to wish you well, and we'll see you very soon. Say goodnight, Kane.